Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and joined by uh, the man with the most self-respect in town, Ski. Okay. And uh, <laughs> the boy who cries constantly, Brent. My <laughs> <laughs> uh, new money-making venture. <laughs> right. Is that going to be like your ASMR? Exactly. You crying? Exactly. I'm calling it Tears I, of a Clown. I, <laughs> I bet that's out there. What do you guys think? Unfortunately, like... there's no one around. <laughs> <laughs> well, today uh, we're that's a good title. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> proud of that joke. Yeah, I think it is. It was a good joke. Um, I really think you should consider starting yourself. Uh, you know, whatever the kids do nowadays. Yeah. Um, what are what are like? I guess Instagram does the videos too, right? Oh yeah, just of me crying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every day, yeah. <laughs> put a new one on there. Yeah. I heard I was listening to a different podcast, and they were talking about a. This person was saying that they thought they could count to a million um, okay. out loud, uh-huh. and apparently her and her spouse were having a disagreement on mm-hmm. how realistic that possibility yeah. was. And apparently there was somebody who uh, recorded themselves counting to a million mm-hmm. um, and set a Guinness Book record yeah. with doing that. How long did it take? To do it? What would be your guess? Um, so they yeah. counted out loud to a million and recorded it all. Obviously, they did it over mm-hmm. multiple days with yeah. sleep breaks and whatnot. Oh, okay. I thought you were like continuous. No, it wasn't continuous. So they, oh, okay. they did stop in between. That would be almost impossible continuously, I would think. Would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. say so as well. I mean, ballpark, I would say it'd take about, I don't know, maybe a million seconds. <laughs> Well, I think you'd be wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to figure. I mean, at some point, it takes more than a few seconds to say the word. 999,999. Yeah, like that takes you probably more than a second to say that. Yeah, but you're making up for in the first numbers. Okay, well, so what, what, So you're saying... It doesn't last long. Do you, do, you, <laughs> do you know how long it takes to get to a million seconds? I, don't know I believe it's about 13 days. I think I figured not it out. Not a mathematician. <laughs> right. Wasn't, wasn't it crazy, like, it's 13 days to, to get, have a million seconds? Yeah, something like Thirty years for a billion or something crazy. Yeah. Huh. So how long did it take this person to do it? Well, so did you want to give a guess, Ski? So Brent's guessing thirteen days, and he did it straight through. I'm gonna say five years. No, okay. So now you went the way other direction. It took him uh, eighty-nine days doing it for sixteen hours a day. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I didn't budget has... sixteen hours a day. That's yeah. Right. Who has a spare sixteen <laughs> hours a day for three consecutive like months? Right. I said five out five years because I was like a oh, hobby. Like yeah. I'll put in four hours a day. <laughs> right. It's a Thursday. Now maybe he did it as like a live type situation mm-hmm. where he was recording it but also doing it live and commenting on people, mm-hmm. you know, uh checking it. I'd have to assume there would be yeah. more to it than uh yeah. than just plowing through it as quickly as possible. Where's my subscribers out there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 700,999 a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that one of you two should make it your goal to count to a million and one while recorded to break yeah. his record. <laughs> um, and I do will it, take five do years. Do it in 88 days. Um, <laughs> right? So anyways. Um, Can I just find like, you know, 16 and a half hours a day to <laughs> do <yeah>. this? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like, sorry, sorry, uh, wife, sorry, children. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I've got a, a second job now, mm-hmm. or a primary job, actually, because <laughs> yeah, you couldn't do your regular 16 job. hours. Like <laughs> uh-huh. Two full-time jobs every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy, but... Um, like, very rare hours. Yeah, as a guy we used to work with, no. very inside baseball kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> comedy. He's talking about a co-worker the two of us shared 26 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere out there we've got a listener updating their scorecard. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that Barry is probably dead by now. <laughs> um, 
Because he when was, we knew him, he was our age, right? Yeah, he was in his early forties or maybe mid forties. Um, Sorry, current age. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And that age. was, I think I said twenty six years ago. It would have been twenty five years ago, I guess. Maybe twenty. Yeah, we were roughly half our age now. Yeah, <laughs> and so at this point, he would be around seventy. 70 yeah, but. The way he was working, like, I mean, he was really putting in, like, 100 hours a week. Mm-hmm. I doubt that he's still alive. I think he was literally trying to work himself to death because of his miserable home life. Mm. <laughs> so, anyway, he preferred to be at the uh, place that we worked at. I, if I recall, it was like if he took a day off, his wife would complain that he was there. Yeah. Mm. But then she would routinely, com- like, uh, berate him because he's never around. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, it was funny because one thing he said that it was really funny, and I like he's a nice guy um, for the most part. Yeah. But he it was a huge IU fan, mm-hmm. uh, although he didn't go to IU, but uh, he was a huge fan yeah. of IU and Bobby Knight. Yeah. And his wife uh, had graduated from IUPUI, but with a Purdue degree. Mm-hmm. And so she would get Purdue alumni yeah. mail. Yeah. And he said whenever he would get it out of the mailbox, he would just toss it in the middle of the street. It's <laughs> 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 great. So, anyways, uh, well, today we're doing Season 5, Episode 22, Cheaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brent specifically asked to do the recap for this episode. Uh, he does have a little history on his side, <laughs> <laughs> but not 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 in, not in his not against him against him in matters of the heart, but not against him in matters of uh, integrity. <laughs> he, he was not the cheater; he was the cheated. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. but uh, anyway, I did have one uh, one interaction that I wanted to mention. Uh-huh. It's actually a follow up from one I mentioned a couple weeks ago. Okay. Uh, because, uh, I don't know if you recall, but Numi had said that she was on a train ride listening yeah. to the podcast. And, Very nice. And I said I'd hope it was something fun. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, so much fun. My cousin's daughter graduated from high school, and I was invited to celebrate, congratulate her, and stuff myself with the food. Nice. And that her cousin is a chef, and uh, his wife loves to bake. Mm. So Nice. A good combination. Yeah. So I said, I'm glad that we were there for, uh, finally took us somewhere fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she also said that it was nice to have someone to keep her company. Mm-hmm on the three-hour train ride, and we kept her happy and alert enough not to miss her uh, change of trains uh, to get off on the right stop. Nice. So glad to be of service. Yeah. That's one of the things that, like, if I, you know, were in a position that was independently wealthy or whatever, Mm. like, I would like to take some cooking classes and stuff, Mm. like, you know, to learn how to properly cut vegetables and different things like that. See, I wasn't sure if you were going to say that or take train rides. Oh, that too as well, yeah. Yeah. My dad, he loves taking train rides. Like, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, in his... He's recently, like, he's starting to to show the signs of aging. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he has some issues with walking and whatnot. He's yeah. only 65, but uh, it's just, uh, mm-hmm. he's slowing down a yeah, bit anyway. Yeah. We all are. Exactly. And one of his favorite, he used to travel, you know, internationally a ton. Mm-hmm. Of a course, lot, yeah. you know, COVID slowed that down a lot on its own. Yeah. And then also he's deteriorated a bit over the last couple of years, just not mm-hmm. quite as active as he used to be. And so now it's like his passion seems to be train rides. Mm-hmm. And so that's... Kind of what he's doing with yeah. his uh, his free time retirement wise yeah. is I'm blaming riding the rails. Yeah. Side note, mm-hmm. you don't have to be independently wealthy to take cooking classes or ride trains. <laughs> well, un- understood, but I, you I can would actually be independently uh, bereft of money <laughs> to <laughs> ride trains. <laughs> I guess I was thinking that I would not be uh, you know working a regular job, oh, yeah, and so yeah. I would have the time to devote yeah. to maybe more retired than independently wealthy. Yeah, I guess exactly. to be you'd have to be ending. Independently wealthy to do it right now. Exactly. Um, but uh, I hey. guess the alternative is I can get a part-time job at Chipotle or something and right. well, <laughs> learn yes. the skills on the yeah. job. I'm sure it's all very uh, transferable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
So do you consider when you go into Chipotle the the people working there are the chefs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they know how to dice vegetables and do stuff. You do probably have to have a decent amount of skill for some of that. I don't know. I have a feeling that a lot of the vegetables and whatnot that they get at those types of places are brought to them in a bag. Okay. <laughs> so. Well, uh, I think a lot of them are, but Chipotle specifically says they cut everything fresh. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Then yeah. I guess uh, Chipotle it is for yeah. Brent. So. Look for Brent at your local Chipotle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At least if you're in the Indianapolis area. I'll be the, I'll be, I'll be the one who refuses to cut a tomato. <laughs> Not on my watch. Sorry, friends. Yeah. Not at this location. You get a whole tomato in your burrito <laughs> exactly. if you want one at all. Exactly. I was thinking about that the other day. Not tomatoes, but... Um, oh, hey. I got. I don't want to cut you off too much. But <laughs> I cut you off entirely. <laughs> but... but you can't, you can't partially cut somebody yeah, off. Okay. Am I supposed I'll, to continue my thought concurrently with yours? I'll, I'll own it. <laughs> okay, so, continue. For your podcast or your ASMR or whatever you do for mm-hmm. crying all the time, yeah. cut onions. That's how you do it. Okay. Continue. <laughs> I think that was an interjection that could have waited until the end. <laughs> I would have forgotten. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Um, well, now I've forgotten what I was going to say. Oh, so you were Sorry. talking about the... Mine was to- far worse. You said it wasn't tomatoes you were thinking about. Garnishes, yeah. Oh, okay. Like um, like how much time and effort do you think is put into like cutting edible garnishes that just gets thrown away? Um, like we get a lot of like various... Like we ordered some uh, quesadillas, like this quesadilla sampler thing, the place we were at last night, okay? Mm-hmm. And it was served on like the bed of lettuce with like some, you know, diced tomatoes and stuff like that. It's like, right. that all gets thrown away. Like, nobody's going to be like, let me open up this quesadilla and <laughs> shove this <laughs> lettuce in there. <laughs> yeah, there would probably be some people that would use it, but yeah, definitely a lot of it goes to waste. Yeah. Um, and it's, that is an odd thing, uh, it, just for the appearance of food. Yeah. <laughs> And then, honestly, most of the time it makes it less convenient to eat the food, too, because you're yeah. eating it around the garnishes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, then things like, I, I understand that parsley, some people actually do eat parsley. Yeah, yeah. But I would say the overwhelming majority just yeah. see it as a garnish and throw it away. Exactly, and I'm, and I'm down with that. You know, I get it. It's just like like this iceberg lettuce is a good example. I'm, trying, I'm blanking on others, but mm. you know what I'm talking about. Right, sure, yeah. There's just stuff on the plate that's like nobody, I guess it's mainly just a lot of lettuce at Mexican restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> so how much... So you're just crusading against the wasting of <laughs> exactly. lettuce in Mexican restaurants. How much square footage in the world do you think gets put towards uh, farming parsley uh, for, yeah. simply, <laughs> for simply garbage? Exactly, yeah. that's a good point. <laughs> So yeah. if you if you had a parsley farm, would you consider yourself a garbage farmer? <laughs> Mostly. How would you feel if it's like, oh well, it takes thirty-seven gallons of water to grow a <laughs> sprig of parsley? <laughs> but we have a new irrigation system that we've got it down to only thirty-three gallons that actually gets used. Four of those exactly. gallons get reused. So. Exactly. That's very funny. I would feel pretty bad about. Uh, <laughs> I'd feel terrible about that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, be like, man, here I am thinking that we should have more fuel efficient vehicles, but really it's the parsley industry that's killing our planet. <laughs> exactly. How does Big Garnish sleep at night? <laughs> <laughs> it really is the bane. It really is. <laughs> that should be your next name is Big Garnish. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta remember that for your next intro. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Big garnish brand. <laughs> yeah. That's some alliteration right there, too. <laughs> so, uh, Golden Girls Season 5, Episode 22, Cheaters. Uh, this episode was written by Tom Whedon, who we last discussed in Have Yourself a Very Little Christmas, and directed by Terry Hughes, who we last discussed last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original air date was March 24th, 1990. Uh, if this was your birthday, you probably know that you share it with a man so dope they call him Mr. Roper, and when the trouble arrived, he was a cool cooper, Norman Fell. Beyond Three's Company, Norman was also in the original Ocean's Eleven and Bullet. Speaking of Bullet, Steve McQueen was also born on March 24th. People always always argue about who the second coolest movie star was, but I think we all know it's Steve McQueen. On screen and off, that dude was just badass. Who's first? Uh, Paul Dooley. Okay. That's the argument. <laughs> I, I, the I totally thought you meant between those two. Yeah, no. Paul Dooley's one, and people like, argue over number two. Saying, are you saying <laughs> Mr. Roper is cooler than Paul Dooley? No, no. We know Paul Dooley is number one, and... Just granted. Okay, so then is there an argument to be between understood. two and three? No. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bullet, Steve McQueen was also born on March 24th. People always argue about who the second coolest movie star was. Like, of everybody that could be sure. number two, people oh, okay. are arguing who it could be. Ah, uh, okay. So but it's not don't. just a two-person argument. It's just that Paul Dooley's number one. Yes. Everybody else, they argue about number two. Exactly. Okay, We're everybody enough. arguing over that, you know, gunning for that number two spot. And but you think Steve McQueen, McQueen is in the conversation for number two? I think he is number two. <laughs> oh, okay. I think it's, you know, Steve McQueen is it. Ain't nobody cooler than Steve McQueen except for Paul, Paul Dooley. Paul Dooley? Okay. Yeah. Name somebody cooler than Steve McQueen. Larry Bird. <laughs> <laughs> He's always in the conversation. Well, now we know who the number one smart asses. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to compliment him. I thought you were going to be like, now I know who the number one podcaster is, but no, you went the other direction. Exactly. Don't show me up on my own show. <laughs> it's my recap. It's my time to shine. Your role is as laugher. Exactly. <laughs> laugher and interrupter. Yeah. Those I are could, your two no, I, mean, I, I think you're... Well, Steve, I did one. Larry Bird deserves to be in, you know, the top ten, you know, but yeah, he's no Steve McQueen. Well, you did say movie star, didn't you? Yeah, that's okay. true. That's true. And um, I mean, Space Jam may be a legit classic, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Larry's part in Space Jam even was pretty limited, wasn't it? Wasn't it was on the golf course with Michael Jordan or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Anyway, all right. Well, so, one last birthday boy, uh, Pee Wee football coach Peyton Manning. <laughs> Very nice. That was one. Of my, that's probably my favorite all-time uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah, sports-related um, Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah. Oh. We're good? It's a, yep, I think we're good. Cool. All right, act one. <sighs> so the episode starts with one of those belabored Golden Girl jokes where the writers twist the characters into a pretzel in order to get to a hack punchline. <laughs> it makes you wonder if Joss Whedon's apple didn't fall far from the Tom Whedon tree. Was that the Peanuts envy one? Yeah. Okay. Just hated that joke. <laughs> um, the passion. So anyways, um, <laughs> Blanche joins uh, Dorothy and Rose in the kitchen. Uh, she doesn't comment on the lingering odor that opening joke left. Uh, Rose comments that Blanche was out late the night before. Blanche says her and Mel discussed where their relationship was going and then rented a room at the quality court for a few hours. Uh, Blanche says that when she got home, she took a phone call from Glenn O'Brien, who was asking about Dorothy. The audience is reminded that we met Glenn, who was played by Alex Rocco in a previous episode. Glenn was a married gym teacher, and Dorothy was his side piece. <laughs> Their affair ended, as affairs tend to do, with Glenn going back to his wife. Blanche and Rose take opposing positions on whether it's okay for Dorothy to date a recently single Glenn. 
Blanche is for it, Rose is against it, and Sophia casts the tiebreaker. She's against it, which is ironic since she normally takes the beggars can't be choosers position when it comes to Dorothy dating. That is true. The scene ends with the well-meaning Rose being called a loser. No good deed goes unpunished. Well, now, so that ties back into my intro today. Okay. Um, because I don't, and I'm guessing from Ski's uh, appreciation or at least befuddlement by me saying he was the man with the most self-esteem in town, uh, there was a, or self-respect in, mm-hmm. in town. The uh, one of the lines that Blanche said, Rose says something to the effect of like, "Have some self-respect," and then Dor- or Blanche says, "Self-respect is for losers." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I do remember that. So that that was what that was in reference to. Gotcha. I'm a loser. Yeah, self-respect is for losers like Rose. <laughs> so why don't you kill me? <laughs> <laughs> but you're a lovable loser. <laughs> I don't think by any normal standard you'd actually qualify as a loser. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've played a lot of basketball games, which I lost. I mean, heartily. <laughs> I, I think you're someone who has lost, but yeah. I don't think you'd be considered a loser under any yeah. uh, any qualifications, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, none of us are batting a thousand at this table. <laughs> no, not at all. We're not even combined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's see, I think there might have been one other thing. Uh, no, I think that was the only only opening scene lines that uh, that I noticed. I, I did notice that peanuts envy. I. Just wrote down Peanuts Envy because I thought about using it as part of an intro. <laughs> <laughs> but I admit, I agree it was a pretty hack joke. Yeah. So, so the second scene starts off with uh, back-to-back telephone calls. Uh, the first call gives Dorothy a chance to say that caring for the wetlands is so last month. <laughs> and the second call is from Glenn. He wants Dorothy to swing by his new place. We don't hear his side of the conversation, but it's assumed he tells her she'll barely recognize him. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it did. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy and the Goldens discuss the positives of her, of her rekindling her relationship with Glenn. Uh, Sophia is still against it. She says she raised Dorothy to be a lady, but as we learned in Glenn's debut episode, that's no lady. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the name that's, of the yeah. episode? <laughs> it's, it's a good callback. I recognize, <laughs> I recognize the name, but I couldn't recall. I mean, yeah. I. Had you just oh. told me, I was like, oh, yeah, I know that's the uh, the title of an episode, but yeah. I didn't recall which episode. Nope, it was the... That's mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, I, I was trying to remember what we were talking earlier. How did the Peanuts in the... Rose had a dream the night before where she's playing baseball, and Charlie Brown was pitching, and Linus and oh, Lucy yeah, were in yeah, the yeah, outfield, yeah. And, but they wouldn't let her play. And she's like, what do you think it means, Dorothy? And Dorothy's yep. like, Peanuts Envy? Well, and it's not even a funny joke either. Yeah, it's it, not. It's just a way to. It's like somebody thought peanuts, exactly. and they're like, "I need to fit that in." Somewhere. Exactly. They tried to reverse engineer, mm. and they're like, "I don't know." <laughs> Rose will have had a dream. The truth is, too, is I think that that pun could be funny in a good joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it was more organic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Organic well, even it, peanuts. Even who was that joke or that setup? Mm-hmm. There's just would have been a better way to get to it. Like, why would the Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I had a dream. Is the problem? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it could be a dream. It could be a, the baseball sequence. There'd have to be something of like, why was she upset about mm-hmm. something or something like? Someone would need to have peanuts in because they were envious of the exactly. peanuts characters. Exactly. It's like, oh, when we were, when I was a kid, we were so poor we couldn't afford Jif. It's like, oh, you had peanuts envy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been a solid. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. Speaking of peanuts. I found out recently. <laughs> uh, did you guys know how the uh, term peanut gallery started? I mean, I always thought it was something where the, the poor people who were in the 
cheap seats and they'd mm. be eating peanuts and maybe throw them at the uh, performers. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> it. I, I didn't know. Oh. I, fre- I heard something on, uh, I think I was listening actually to um, some recaps about the January 6th trial. Oh, well, not okay. trial, but hearings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And someone said something about the peanut gallery. I was like, I wonder how that started. What was the origin of it? Yeah. And so I looked it up. And then when you said the peanuts envy joke, I was like, is that what I was thinking? I was like, and then when you told me this, so I was like, no, no. I remember what it was from now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm proud of myself that I actually No, yeah, it. you had it exactly. <laughs> Apparently, uh, modern day, it's almost frowned upon because... To throw peanuts. <laughs> almost frowned upon. Almost. <laughs> Unless you're in Philadelphia. <laughs> exactly. That's batteries, batteries, batteries. Yeah. Depends yeah. upon the venue. <laughs> if you're watching the tiny bears in the cars, or <laughs> the bears in the tiny cars, it's allowed. <laughs> I like the idea that it's tiny bears, little cubs driving around in cars. Exactly. <laughs> so sorry, though. What were you going to say, those uh, cars? So, yeah, it actually, the, the term really originated back in like the days of vaudeville, mm-hmm. where you know, the people would come into the theater and stuff. And obviously, the, either the high, cheap seats mm-hmm. or the seats way in the back where the, the peanut gallery where you get the cheapest, you know, type of uh, refreshments or some of their right, snacks sure. and it's peanuts usually. Mm-hmm. And so if they're displeased with the performer, they chuck them at the stage. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess it's more problematic now because that was also kind of – it's not just poorer people were sitting in the back, but oftentimes uh, specifically black uh, okay. audiences. So. I mean, I think either one would probably be problematic because you're either making fun of people who it, it could either or be racially tinged, yeah. yeah, or it could mm-hmm. be you know very classist, classist yeah. Mm-hmm. So either way you go, it's it's a problematic term. Mm-hmm. It's also a microaggression towards those with peanut allergies. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> Do any of your family members have peanut allergies? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, good. So if I throw a peanut at your daughter, that'll yeah. just be normal aggression, not um, <laughs> exactly. potentially deadly aggression. Exactly. <laughs> So anyways, uh, one last little bit there. It's established that Blanche and Sophia are going to the mall, and we also learned that we're not going to be seeing a lot of Rose this week. Mm. Uh, the third scene starts off... Excuse me. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving you plenty of... Pot. Oh. I had like a tiny burp in my throat, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I was being silent to do that, and then I was like, I'll just write it out so he knows where to cut. <laughs> See, I was afraid as you are sitting there... Because you you kind of had your face down a little bit, and you know I guess you were no, giving that pause. <laughs> I just was afraid you were about to vomit. Because <laughs> 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 like, you're just choke it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So, anywho, um, so the third scene starts off with an excellent reproduction of a 1980s mall. Uh, you can almost imagine the county seat being right around the corner. Mm-hmm. You guys remember the county seat? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it's like jeans and stuff. It was almost like the country and western, wasn't it? Or didn't they have a? Wasn't there some? Like they sold Wranglers, like jeans, like Wrangler jeans, like not Gap jeans, right? Or, yeah, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, like country style. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, yeah. kind of had some plaids and whatnot as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, so Blanche and Sophia are minding their own business when instantly recognizable character actor Sam McMurray shows up. Uh, for sentimental reasons, I'll say that my favorite cameo by Sam is in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, but I wouldn't argue with anyone who said he was better in the Fred Savage classic, The Wizard. Mm. His most recent credit was this year when he appeared in an episode of The Young and the Restless. I've not seen the show, but since Sam's got almost 200 credits stretching back all the way back to 1976, 
I'm guessing he was cast as restless. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that every cast member falls into one of the two categories. <laughs> All the young people are nice and well rested, exactly. <laughs> satisfied with their lives, but it's the old people. And <laughs> exactly. I guess you. I guess you know you could be young. You could be middle aged and restless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could you? Be, I guess you could be both too, right? Yeah, you could yeah. be young and restless. Yeah. Well, you get to mm-hmm. a certain age, maybe you get that restless leg syndrome, and then maybe that counts. Yeah. So, but every <laughs> old person has to be restless. Exactly. <laughs> that, okay. Exactly. Um, and if you're young and restless, then you're you know you're the titular character. Uh, <laughs> you're one of the stars. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Sam asks Sophie and Blanche if they dropped a men's wallet behind a potted plant. Uh, they discover that it's got $2,000 in it, and they spitball ideas about how they can keep the money for themselves with the least amount of guilt. A nun suggests that they open a joint account and put some good faith money in it. Uh, Blanche assumes this nun is legit, apparently having forgotten that she herself masqueraded as a nun in the past. Right. Sophia steals $1,000 from Dorothy, and they all go to set up their joint account. Speaking of joints, the last thing we see is the nun lighting up. I guess nuns aren't allowed to smoke. No, it uh, makes it instantly you know identifies her as the evil character. See, right. I thought nuns could smoke. You know, I'm but sure it, they can. Yeah, I, I don't think they can smoke in malls anymore, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the thing. <laughs> maybe indoors for shame. Yeah. So the fourth. What would the Lord say? <laughs> <laughs> the fourth and final scene of Act One has Dorothy arriving at Glenn's new place at the Bachelor Arms apartment complex. Uh, we see that they've recast Glenn, and he's gone from looking like me to looking more like Ski. I'm not saying that's a, <laughs> I'm not saying that's a downgrade. I'm just saying it's a change. Uh, Dorothy and Glenn make me some... if I worked on uh, Law and Order, maybe. <laughs> um, so Dorothy and Glenn make some uh, small talk, and he tells her about how he's in the market for a broad with a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy definitely has a type. Right. Uh, we find out that uh, you know. Glenn's divorced, and he's wondering if, since they're both sexy, single, and not averse to mingling, she'd be willing to try again. <laughs> Dorothy drops some fifth-grade science on this gym teacher and says that they were practically different people in the Reagan administration. Glenn knows an opening when he sees one, and he leads Dorothy back to the bedroom to inaugurate the Bush administration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I could add, but... <laughs> I feel like I'd be too ham-fisted. <laughs> yeah. Bad to your Bush administration joke. Yeah. yeah, it was the classiest way I could come up with. Right. You know? I was well done. Thank I was you. well done. Anything I would add would, would only detract. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, there was a couple lines. That, that ended that scene, correct? Correct, okay. yeah. There were a couple things in there that I enjoyed uh, that you uh, didn't specifically mention mm-hmm. uh, when she was on the phone with not Rocco um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was uh, like you could tell that she was doing the thing where uh-huh. she pretended she had to look up in her, her yeah, yeah, day yeah. book uh-huh. uh, I thought it was funny too because when she was talking to the whooping crane people and I know I've done this before but yeah. she's like pretending to write something with uh-huh. her hand I guess in the sky <laughs> yeah, yeah well and I know mm-hmm. I've done that I think it's something where maybe mm-hmm. we do it just as a way of like kind of having an idea of how mm-hmm. long we should wait yeah. before we act like we're done writing it down mm-hmm. um, but the other I, part oh go ahead so I had that happen to me one time where I was like I don't even remember what the situation was but I was like yeah let me let me go ahead and take down your number so I can call you back and then they give me their number and I pretend like I'm writing it down or whatever and then they fucking called me on. It's like, can you read the number back to me? And I was thinking, I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like, you and I both know we're doing a dance here. Why you got to make What'd me feel do? the fool? When that happens, you just start making up I something like, random. I was like, oh, I can't read my writing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like the idea that he asked you to read that back, and you're like, uh, and then he's just like, check and mate. <laughs> <laughs> or you're like, well played, sir, and then you yeah. hang up the phone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you bested me this time. <laughs> you win this round. <laughs> but I, I liked when, when Dorothy was pretending to look at her date book mm-hmm. to see if she was available, then yeah. Sophia says, he must have asked her if she was available this century. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, well, that was after she said she was free. Right, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Sophia tells her to keep both feet on the floor. Yeah. Uh, and she asks Blanche what she should wear, and I love the Blanche says, well, if you're going to keep both feet on the floor, then something you can pull up over your head. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty solid. Well, and there's a callback to that, too, at the end. Well, that's what, I almost went that way. Yeah, I was like, you know, and they go off to the bedroom while thinking of their mothers. <laughs> so yeah, it was, that was a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I also like that, uh, you know, when they were talking about what their mothers had told them, mm-hmm. yeah, I think not Rocka says, I guess it's a bad day for mothers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, she said that. Or did she, was, was Dorothy the one who said Dorothy. it? Okay. Yeah. But he said, like, his mom wanted to be a priest or something, is that right? Him to be one, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's a, a line coming up here that I considered using for one of you two for this opening, cool. uh, so hopefully I remember it when you get to it. Okay. But that's all I have that we're up to this point so far. Cool. So this week we're going to go ahead and debut a new feature, okay? okay that I'm calling Orbach or Rocco. All right. Okay. I'm going to list a movie or a TV show, and you'll need to tell me if it featured, you know, Jerry Orbach or Alex Rocco. Now, will we go back and forth on this? And so normally when we do these little quizzes, I distribute pen and pencils and allow my co-host a chance to secretly answer before we do the big reveal. Oh, I'll mm-hmm. definitely do bad on this. This week, though, we're <laughs> going to go with a lightning round format. So okay. I'll give the title, and the first person to shout the correct answer as loud as they can into their microphone <laughs> receives the credits. <laughs> How about, can we just say the first person that says it? Um, because our listeners don't deserve all that screaming in their ears. We always hurt the ones we love. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we do that every single week just by putting out a new episode. <laughs> so real quick, um, I just want to say that, um, you know, I actually have written down here, you know, loud as they can into their microphone receives the credit, and then left carrot, left carrot, left carrot, all capital letters. Alan interjects something about pop deer drums. <laughs> right carrot, right carrot, right carrot. <laughs> and then we always hurt the ones we love. <laughs> like, I knew you would defend them. <laughs> You knew I cared more about our listeners <laughs> exactly. than you or Ski. Exactly. Just, just so everyone knows, Alan is the one wearing headphones in every recording. Right. And yeah. I'm also one that edits these, so <laughs> exactly. I will hear it both times. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you can speak, you know, quietly um, okay. as long as the audience can hear. So, so I'll give the title. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, since there's only a 50-50 chance on mm-hmm. everyone, right? Yeah. It's either, it's either Rocco or... Mm-hmm. Um, Orbach. Orbach, yeah. Mm-hmm. You could say Alex or Jerry, too. Okay. Would it be possible, instead of doing it, uh, the whoever buzzes in first, mm-hmm. could we go back and forth? Do you have enough that we could go back and forth? I've got nine. Nine? Okay. Would that be okay with eight, you? Sure. Eight is a tiebreaker. <laughs> well, I just feel like I'm just going to yell out a name <laughs> without knowing it anyway. Um, so that'd be four and four? Oh, it's just ten. I'm sorry. Ten, perfect. So five and five, yeah. if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's fine. I don't mean to shit on your game plans with that's killing fine. Yeah. All right, Hold on, so. I got Oh, just our score? Yes. Okay. All right. So um, who gets who goes first? I'll go first. All right. Um, Batman, year one. I'm going to go with uh, Orbach. Oh, that was Alex Rocco. Damn. Uh, so Alex played Carmine Falcone in this animated flick. Uh, John Turturro played an even better version in the new Batman movie. And if you've not checked that out one yet, check that one out yet, please do. Ski, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's... Uh, um, 
Fal- or Orbach. Yes, yes. Uh, Jerry played the singing candlestick. Yeah, I was uh, surprised by that that he played Lumiere and and not mm. just in Beauty and the Beast, but like in a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Of other Beauty and the Beast productions. But. Yep. So, um, Alan, um, the Empty Nest remake. Oh, the Empty Nest remake. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Orbach on that. Yep. Uh, uh, Jerry played Arthur in uh, two episodes of the Empty Nest remake. All right. So one and one. Yep. So, uh, ski Family Guy. I'll go Rocco. Yep, Alex Rocco. Um, he appeared in two episodes of Family Guy. In one, he voiced a soccer mom, and in the other, he voiced B. Arthur. Oh, really? Not That's cool, awesome. Alex. <laughs> uh, no, I, I thought that was very interesting. <laughs> uh, Godfather, Alan. I'm going to go with Rocco on Godfather. Yep, he played Mo Green in that one. Nice. Ski. Homicide, Life on the Streets. Oh, that definitely... Uh, Orbach. Yep, uh, Jerry popped up as a signature character, Lenny Briscoe, in a couple he episodes of this one. He comes back a few times. He's three for three. That's right. Uh, Love Boat. I'm going to go with Rocco on that. Yep, Alex Rocco. Uh, He met Gavin McLeod, which always impresses me. Uh, Murder, she wrote. Since I haven't had him yet, I'm going to go Rocco. Uh, The correct answer is both. Um, Alex appeared in... (laughs) (laughs) Alex appeared in two... How did I score this? (laughs) You get half credit. You don't get it right. (laughs) Um, So the correct answer is both. Alex appeared in two episodes. Oddly enough... He played Bert in his first episode and Ernie in the second. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Um, Jerry appeared in six episodes of Murder, She Wrote. I hope that was intentional. I have no idea, but he always played Harry McGraw, and he played the same character in the 16-episode spinoff, The Law and Harry McGraw. So this is the, so so I'm going to say Ski has three and a half, and I have three, <laughs> and this is my last chance, so i got to get this one right. Uh, toy Soldiers. I am going to say Rocco. Uh, it's Jerry Orbach. Damn. So I only included this one because it's the one I've wanted to revisit for a while now. You know, if anyone out there has watched it recently, let us know if it's held up. And if you've not seen it, it's basically Die Hard at an all-boys school. <laughs> I forget why the terrorists seized the school, but I remember that uh, Sean Astin, Keith Coogan, and Will Wheaton saved the day. Oh, very nice. And Steve. Interesting uh, yeah. crew there. Yeah, it's a good movie. So let's see if you can get a clean sweep or mostly clean sweep here. <laughs> Wedding Planner. I'm going Orbach again. Oh, it's Alex Rocco. Oh. Damn, um, I would have won if I got yeah. that last one right. So I've not seen it, but I imagine they could have substituted um, him with Jerry Orbach, and nobody would have cared. <laughs> After all, it's happened before. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've not seen Wedding Planner. Yeah, I, I have seen Wedding Planner, but I don't recall either one of them being in it. Yeah. So, granted, I've seen it one time <laughs> but 20 the years you, ago. The reason you don't recall Jerry Orbach being in it is because he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said I don't recall either one. So... <laughs> The only people I recall being in it are uh, Jennifer Lopez, uh-huh. and I think, um, wasn't it the Owens, or yeah, wasn't it one of the Owens? Ah, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew, oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like the two of them were in a movie together at some point, uh, Jennifer Lopez and Owen, Owen Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, I said Owens, but yeah, Owen Wilson. Yeah. That one I could came be out wrong. recently. Yeah, I think you're right. And I've not seen it, but I saw a commercial for it. Yeah, same here. Hmm. She's like a singer, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. A real stretch. <laughs> She's actually a pretty good actress, but yeah. Was she like like was one of those things like a reality type show when she's supposed to marry somebody and I think that recent one that he's that, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I believe so. Anywho. Act two. The second act starts off with Blanche and Sophia telling Rose that this time they were the ones who were played for fools. 
Rose tells them that they fell prey to the pigeon drop. Uh, she tells them that they're old, gullible, and they need to go to the police. Rose then tells a St. Olaf story that necessitated a bit of blue language. I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, we have a quick scene where Blanche announces that she made some lemonade out of the lemons life handed them. Uh, she's got a date with Sergeant Delfino on Saturday night. Hopefully her and Delfino bump into Mel outside of the quality court. That'll probably help them understand where their relationship is going. <laughs> uh, we go outside the house, and Glenn's offering to make an honest woman out of Dorothy. Uh, she says she'll consider it. They go inside. Introductions are made, and Dorothy finally discovers that Glenn's from her hometown. I guess there's not a lot of pillow talk in cheap motels and cheaper apartments. Uh, Glenn offers Sophia cannoli, but she's skeptical. Skeptical. <laughs> She says it's because he's Irish, but I suspect it's because she's a Freudian. Uh, Glenn tells a story about his Irish upbringing and how the Italians would wail on him on a bi-weekly basis. Rose likes it when kids take turns. Sophia just likes it when an Irishman gets what he deserves. <laughs> I like chalk and milk. Exactly. Uh, Dorothy and Blanche sneak off to the kitchen while Sophia gives Glenn the third degree. Glenn's answer is okay to Sophia, and she seems to accept him as a potential son-in-law. In fact, she's, she's feeling so good about things that she even sends a compliment Dorothy's way. Let's raise our glasses to the mothers who take the time to compliment our cleanliness and good teeth. <laughs> in the kitchen, uh, Dorothy and Blanche, and eventually Rose, discuss Glenn's marriage proposal. Uh, nobody is opposed to it, but it's a big decision for Dorothy. It's not as big of a decision for Blanche, since she's already gone through it with Harry, Richard, and Jake. Yeah, Fortunately, it's, it's the longevity. Yeah, for the longevity of the show, you know, we're thankful that bigamy young children and poor table manners kept her from walking down those <laughs> aisles. <laughs> uh, the next scene's also in the kitchen, uh, but later at night, uh, Sophia and Dorothy discuss um, how you're never too old to be a fool. They seem to find that comforting, but I can see that scaring the hell out of others. We also learn that at some point, Sophia confessed to Dorothy that she'd stolen a thousand dollars from her and lost it to the Midtown Mall flimflam man. Mm -hmm. Sophia says she's not going to live forever, and she tells Dorothy to find her someone who'll treat her even better than Dorothy treats Sophia. Act two ends with a reminder that hell hath no fury like an old woman forced to use generic cotton swabs in her ear. <laughs> yeah, there were some really solid lines in that group. The one I thought yeah. about using is, is, you alluded to this one, but uh, that they prey on the old and gullible. Yeah. And I thought about referring to you two as the old and the gullible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to the young and the restless. Right. <laughs> I'd imagine the gullible would be kind of restless. Yeah, <laughs> so it was good too because Blanche was like, "Are you calling me gullible?" And Rose was like, "No." Nope. <laughs> uh, and then there was also the part where, um, okay, I thought it was odd. I'll be honest. I get that everybody likes, uh, you know, likes this new version of Glenn. Mm -hmm. I'm just fine. Yeah. But at the same time, as far as we know, you know, he and Dorothy had a relationship for, you know, a few months. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're uh, a pre or not premarital, but they're Extra. Extramarital, yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, relationship for a few months. But it wasn't like a long-term type of situation. Yeah, yeah. And then they've been back together now for what appears to be a few days. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. It just it's seems <laughs> a little much like everybody's like, yeah, you should definitely marry him. Uh -huh. I'm yeah. like, don't give it any time to think well, about it. My my bigger problem Good-looking guy like that, somebody's going to snatch him <laughs> up if you don't lock that down. <laughs> I guess so. My bigger thing is, like, everyone, like all three of them have been with uh, a guy that's been a cheater, right? Yeah. And so at this point, you're like, Burn me once, <laughs> right? Shame on him, but well, maybe they just are so jaded at this point that they're like, Well, right. they're all gonna do it. So, Dor yeah. Dorothy's they're telling Dorothy, You've got no other option, go for it. Yeah, I mean, Jerry Orbach's a, a good looking guy, but mm -hmm. he's no Alex Rocco, correct? So, uh, I can understand being worried about Alex Rocco uh, getting taken off mm -hmm. the market, yeah. Um, but then there was one other line that I thought it was stupid, but I, I still thought it was funny, uh, where 
Rose says that she should marry him, even if uh, she has to sign one of those uh, prenatal agreements. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then just to, again, revisit your line about uh, about Sophia, I have to mention this because it is definitely a conversation that Sherry and I have had before mm-hmm. or related, um, because she's talking about how uh, it'd be nice now and then not to buy generic <laughs> and then that's when she goes into the, no, I'm saying by genuine Q-tips or genuine, I think uh-huh. it says Q-tips, if I'm going to put a stick in my ear, I'd like a little cotton at the end. Yeah. And Sharon and I have had that exact type of conversation mm-hmm. about Q-tips versus the off-brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, there really is a difference. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and you have, I, you've told me about that before, and I think that's why I put a little English on oh, that. <laughs> very nice, yeah. Well, Generic cotton swab instead. <laughs> right. I would say, like, current-day Q-tips are far less than, like, Q-tips from a few years back. Yeah, I mean, from the days of yore. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think current-day Q-tips, though, are still a They're step still... above, like, your great value brand. Oh, Q-tips or, or Quaid or whatever. tree, like, yeah. just mm-hmm. stabbing your ear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. A piece of plastic or something. Yeah. I'm not bougie in too many ways, mm-hmm. um, but it is when it comes to that. Um, I use nothing but, you know, artisanal. Cotton <laughs> <laughs> <God>, swabs. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of like while you're waxing your mustache. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I've got a guy, he, he fells an oak tree and then whittles it down to a single <laughs> toothpick size stick. Like Mr. Burns for his exactly. toothpicks. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a farmer next door who's growing a sheep who can be slaughtered for the wall. Right, for the one Q-tip. One tree and one sheep per Q-tip. Exactly. Like, all right, I need one for the other ear. I don't know how you think wool is uh, harvested, but they don't kill the sheep. They do for me. <laughs> I don't one shearing and that's it, right? Exactly. Well, most people use cotton anyway, but you just... <laughs> that you're not using them that's grown in the ground. You want a wool tip. Uh, just <laughs> say it. I don't know dyes when the cotton is picked. All right, sharing my wool. <laughs> I like the idea that everything, like if that'd be your, if you had like the Powerball <laughs> and you're super rich, and you'd just become the most wasteful person <laughs> on the planet. That everything that you bought, everything that you, you know, like had produced, uh-huh was something where 90% was waste and the other 10% is what you use. Exactly. And you refused for it to go anywhere besides a landfill. It's like I bought four electric vehicles to pull my truck. (laughs) Or like once your electric vehicle runs out of charge, you just abandon it at the side of the road. (laughs) Have another one pull up. Like, because I care about the environment. Uh (laughs) Just random cars left. Yeah. It's like we had a loom installed so my toilet paper could be freshly <laughs> sewn. That's someone's job at your house. Exactly. <laughs> They'll rue the day they call in. <laughs> Sick the day after Taco Tuesday. Right. <laughs> now, now, for this loom... Is it using the wool as well? <laughs> no, the, the wool is used for the Q-tip. Maybe a new sheep. Exactly. He's got a... Um, Fresh linens, maybe? Uh, <laughs> they use the mink in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> Your mink toilet paper. I wouldn't even think it would be very effective or absorbent either. You're just doing it to waste money. <laughs> 
sand for animal cruelty purposes. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it takes me 12 mink to get the job done. <laughs> you just got like hundreds of mink out in your garage. <laughs> just lined up for slaughter. Exactly. I guess uh, well, I'm going to hope you don't win the Powerball, then. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just the Hoosier millionaire, yeah. where you're not so filthy rich, yeah. but, but rich enough to afford a cooking class. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so for our next little interstitial, another little new segment here. Um, so we took a moment at the start of the recap to discuss some notable births that occurred mm-hmm. on March 24th. Now I'd like to take a moment to discuss a March 24th death and then use that death as a jumping off point to this week's deep dive, and then use that deep dive as a pivot to a public service announcement. Okay. So we got a, a three-pronged attack here. Exactly. So buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> you seemed like you weren't sure what to say, but you felt like you needed to fill up the rest of that sentence. I did. I was like, do I revisit the strap in? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, or go something different. <laughs> Strap in and buckle up or something. Exactly. But but definitely uh, enough variety. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So on March 24th, 1975, um, Englishman Alex Mitchell was watching the sketch comedy series The Goodies when he saw a skit about a Scotsman using his bagpipes to battle a martial artist who was wielding a small sausage. (laughs) Obviously, with a setup like that, you know what happened next. Yep, he did. Apparently, this sketch was so funny, he laughed for 25 minutes and then died of heart failure. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, the widow Mitchell did write a nice letter to the goodies, thanking them for making her husband's final 30 minutes so pleasant. I've not read the letter, but I'm curious if it's a bit more passive-aggressive than people are realizing. <laughs> so Alex Mitchell isn't the only man to have, quote-unquote, died laughing, and that is this week's deep dive, which we'll present to you in chronological order. Oh, Okay. So do we have a, a, a hefty list of people who have died laughing? Mm-hmm. Oh. In 500 B.C. <laughs> uh, Greek painter uh, Zeusis uh, died from laughter after seeing the way his painting of Aphrodite uh, resembled the old woman who'd commissioned the painting in the first place. Ah. <laughs> so this painting, like everything else that Zeusis uh, painted, no longer exists. This was 2,500 years ago, and his works have long since vanished. So as much as I love the fact that he died laughing, I love even more the fact that he's famous for painting pictures that nobody has seen for <laughs> thousands of years. There are anecdotal writings about how good they are, but who's to say if the reviews are accurate? That's like in the year 5,000, someone coming across a five-star review of this podcast and just assuming we're the greatest <laughs> podcasters of our day. <laughs> The idea that like the internet and everything has fallen at this point, yeah. uh, <laughs> and that, that somebody for some reason like I had printed out exactly. a list of our <laughs> podcast reviews, and they're like, "Wow, other than one person, everybody loved these guys." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Superstar. Yeah. Right. Uh, so beyond being famous for dying of laughter and for being famous for his unviewable paintings, we also need to pay tribute to Zeusis uh, for inventing both still life paintings and the composite method of composition. Apparently, Zeusis uh, was asked to paint the Helen of Troy, the most beautiful woman in the world, um, but he couldn't find a model beautiful enough, so he had multiple women pose, and he took the best features of each of them in order to create a composite, much like Laszlo did in Season 3, Episode 13's The Artist. Oh, very nice. There you go. Yep. So in 206 B.C., 
four blimps. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to Jesus yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> we'll get there. What's, what's the year? Sorry. 206 BC. Uh, the philosopher Chrysippus died from laughing at his own joke. Ah. That's a cautionary tale if ever I heard one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if there's anybody that I know that may die of such a malady, that would definitely be you. <laughs> it would. It would. And I was thinking about that, and I feel bad for you guys when it happens. <laughs> if it's such your own joke, you don't have to feel bad for us. I mean, you should feel bad because we'll miss you. But I would feel worse if it was my joke or something like that that caused you to die. No, but like if I I die laughing at my own joke, you guys are the ones who have to notify my next to kin mm. that always final words of season one, episode twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be like, listen to the episode. <laughs> you would, you would <laughs> get one more download. <laughs> <laughs> Why waste it? He'd really want it to feel uh, this exactly. way. Like, now I guess for this season we're going to have to go by average number of cheesecake slices (laughs) (laughs) as opposed to total. Exactly. So apparently, um, you know, back in 206 BC, old Chrysippus saw a donkey eating his figs and said something along the lines of, Get that donkey some wine to wash down them figs. <laughs> and died laughing. Yeah. That. <laughs> Apparently, that mental image was enough to put him in an early grave. <laughs> and I just, I just love the fact that like the greatest philosopher of his age, you know, died from a joke you'd see on fucking Hee Haw. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're the greatest philosophers of our age. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Um. So Sicilian king uh, Martin the Humane is reported to have died from laughing at a joke told by his jester, a chap named Bora, in 1410. Oh, that's quite a jump. Yeah. Uh, There are others who claim he actually died of either the plague, from being poisoned, or from his morbid obesity. That's a a pretty good list. Yeah. For the sake of this deep dive, though, we're going to go ahead and convict Bora of the crime. (laughs) In 1556, uh, feared Italian blackmailer Pietro Artino died of suffocation from laughing too much. Because blackmail doesn't always pay the bills, uh, Pietro was also a writer and a model. Ah. He was openly out, which I'm sure was quite the stir back in the early 1500s, and he wrote a comedy about a closeted gay man who is forced to marry a woman, but on his wedding night is overjoyed to discover she's actually a page boy in disguise. Ah. Pietro also acted as the model for St. Bartholomew when Michelangelo was painting the Sistine Chapel. In checking up on Pietro, I thought that the writing and the modeling and the death from laughter would normally make him a pretty cool dude, uh, but I just couldn't get past the blackmailing. Uh. Um, and then for more information on dying from laughter, you can check on the Monty Python sketch, The Funniest Joke in the World, on the YouTubes. When you're finished with that and you'd like some more John Cleese or Michael Palin, you should check out A Fish Called Wanda. But be careful. The laughter from that one killed Danish audiologist Ole Benson in 1989. I segue. Yep. Um, so, so now that we've established that you can easily die from laughter, I'd like to offer you this guarantee. If you or a loved one die of laughter while listening to Sophia's Choice, we'll refund your money. No questions ah. asked. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like it's purely coincidental. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't think anybody's at risk of that. <laughs> Other than you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I knew the risks. <laughs> All right, so the third and final act is back at the Bachelor Arms Apartments. Uh, Glenn and Dorothy are discussing... (laughs) Uh, Glenn and Dorothy are discussing Sophia's cookies uh, when the phone rings. It's Glenn's ex-wife, and Dorothy has PTSD to the last time she was someplace cheap when Bernice called. Uh, Dorothy and Glenn have a heart-to-heart and decide to break up. If Dorothy wants to kick Glenn to the curb because she caught him lying to his ex-wife, 
that's fine. If she's not happy with the fact that he's only looking to marry abroad with a job, that's fine. But to break up with someone because there might be other women on some imaginary list of possible wives, that's just silly. I had a good woman at the top of my list, and if I'd gone down it with her, I'd like to think she'd have been flattered to know that she beat out Natalie Portman, Scarlett Johansson, and an anonymous bilingual co-worker. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of you thinking it's a realistic list. You're like, really weighing your options. <laughs> exactly. After careful consideration, you know, condolences to Natalie and Scarlett. <laughs> choices, by the way. I mean, the thing is, they're both already married, and I didn't want to wait around for yeah. them to ditch mm-hmm. their <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so anyways, the episode ends with Dorothy taking the cookies Glenn brought um, for Sophia. If I were Glenn, I'd also let her leave with the cookies, but you better believe I'd be bitching about that every time I told the tale of that heartbreaker <laughs> Dorothy's Borneck. <laughs> Can you believe she even took the cookies exactly. I bought? Yeah. Exactly. You know, I had, to, mother. I had to go to the store and buy some Haagen-Dazs because <laughs> nothing to drown my sorrows right. in. Right. Well, I didn't have any lines in that last portion that I thought were you know, particularly noteworthy. Yeah. Um, it was amazing, though, how much they tried to and succeeded in making mm-hmm. uh, Glenn a uh, Stan 2.0. I mean, like <laughs> everything about him, even some like his mannerisms seem mm-hmm. almost Stan-like. Yeah, uh, it was kind of kind of odd. But we had a. Uh, did you have anything else to add before I get into the guest actors? I uh, know. Yeah. Okay, we had three very prolific guest I actors. I know it was that. just a murderer's row of talent in mm-hmm. this one. Of course, uh, and, and they've already been referred to, of course, but uh, Sam McMurray, um, he was uh, Mr. Kane. Mm-hmm. 205 titles to his name, his only Golden Girls. Um, to me, I thought, at least for me, the thing that I remembered him most from as far as mm-hmm. guest actor mm-hmm. things, because that's mostly what he did, yeah. was uh, his three episodes as Doug on Friends, which mm-hmm. was Chandler's boss. Yeah. Um, do you remember that at all, Ski? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it was funny, as he would tell these horrible jokes, but and mm-hmm. Chandler would laugh at them. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, Chandler tries to not laugh, or he doesn't try to not laugh. He just chooses not to laugh because they're not mm-hmm. funny jokes. Yeah. Um, but then it gets so uncomfortable that Monica tries to convince mm-hmm. them that Chandler just didn't get the joke. Yeah. Um, it was, it's one of the most solid mm-hmm. scenes of them as a couple, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but of course, he was also in a, he did 49 episodes of Dinosaurs, mm-hmm. um, 65 episodes of the, uh, the Tracy Allman show, which put him sec- well, third, I guess. To only Tracy Ullman and uh, Dan Castellaneta. And I wondered if there's any part of him that was like, why the fuck didn't I get in on that Simpsons money? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he's done some other voice acting yeah. stuff too. Uh, yeah. He did manage to get in two episodes of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. um, but neither of them were as particularly memorable characters. Yeah. He didn't play Hank Scorpio or something. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, and then, of course, we had Jerry Orbach. Um, mm-hmm. He played Glenn, mm-hmm. Glenn 2.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, 202 titles to his name. Of course, best known for his 16 episodes of The Law and Harry McGraw. Mm-hmm. Also played in 274 episodes of Law and Order. Um, and, and as Brent mentioned, uh, Voice of Lumiere. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this was his uh, only Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we had uh, Lance, uh, Lance, Nancy uh, mm-hmm. Linehan. She played the nun. Mm-hmm. 157 titles for her. Uh, her only Golden Girls. She had, she was another actor who was in so many different like bit mm-hmm. roles of things. Yeah. And a lot of, I'm sure these aren't her most famous roles, but mm-hmm. she hit a few of the things that would be favorites around mm-hmm. this table. Yeah. Um, she was in uh, six episodes of The New Adventures of Old Christine, mm-hmm. which I thought it was interesting as Principal, uh, Principal Nunley. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She was also <laughs> in uh, ten episodes of My Name is Earl. Yeah. Uh, she was in three episodes of uh, Felicity, which is one of Sherry's all-time favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Her character's name was 
Faye Rotundi, <laughs> which yeah. would be such an awful ass name to have. Yeah. Um, and then she was also on the Tracy Allman show. And then one of Ski's favorites, she was in one episode of Alf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's this weird old, I think it's his driver's license maybe, um, picture of Ski that it's just at a weird angle and his, he's smiling in a certain way that he has a, an odd resemblance to <laughs> Alf. Like, Ski doesn't have, like, an oversized nose or anything like that, but it's just, like, this one picture. Yeah. It's just a, just the right angle that we've always said it looks like Alf in I this picture. I think, like, you and James have given me, like, Alf toys over the <laughs> yeah. years. Any pogs? Um, I don't think so. We should. Um, but he's back in pog form. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, so ha! I kill me! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Ski, Ski does have quite the reputation for eating cats. Am I right, guys? Oh, I wish. <laughs> I would imagine your wife wishes. <laughs> well, reputation. Sure. <laughs> more, more infamous than I, famous. <laughs> I, well, I don't know. That makes you sound pretty horrible, too, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Brent, who got your MVP for this one? Um, I honestly don't know. I'm going to go ahead and give it to uh, you know Sam McMurray, okay. um, just because he had my favorite line. Um, when, you know, they're talking and you're trying to decide, hey, should we ask this nun what to do? Yeah. You know, one of them's like, maybe she'll convince us to give it to charity. Just his delivery of, I think we'll agree that that's the last thing we want to do. I <laughs> <Yeah>. was <laughs> really, really like that. I think it was funny in that scene, too, where they're like, oh, she's, no, it's cool. She's a shopping nun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's how you know. <laughs> There's tears. How about you, Ski, who got your MVP in this I'm one? I'm actually going to Rose for her unusually informed... Uh, knowledge about uh, the grift. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she definitely did have a solid, uh, solid contributions to give to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned to play bunko for this one. Oh, did you really? Almost, that was almost a deep dive. So you learned to play bunko for this episode? Yeah, because she mentions the bunko squad. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so you learned to play it so that you may be able to talk about yeah. it, and then you didn't even end up utilizing Correct. it. I'm sorry. I, I hope that at least you're able to play bunko in other parts of your life. Yeah, so yeah, I just got to buy three dice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have any idea. I thought Bunko was just like a typical card game. Yeah, um, it's a dice game. Okay. Well, maybe maybe one of these episodes of Ski Sick or something, we'll just play a game of Bunko okay. to pass the time. <laughs> and hope the Bunko squad doesn't bust us. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I gave my MVP to Sophia. I thought she was solid in it. Um, I, I liked the lines that she had mm-hmm. in this one. and it was, I mean, I guess we'll get to my rating here in a moment. It, it was another episode that I thought was a little mediocre, mm-hmm. uh, but I liked her parts in it, yeah. most of all. So. Yeah. How about you, Ski, for uh, rating? How many slices of cheesecake did he get? Uh, three and a half. Three and a half? That's the same I gave uh, another one. Mm-hmm. I think that's my second week in a row, three and a half. Yeah. Uh, I gave it four this time. Okay. I mean, I did, I don't know. I was on board with the episode almost all the way through um, until the end when it was just such a stupid reason to break up, mm-hmm. you know? I didn't have any problem. And the opening joke also. Oh, okay. I didn't have any issue with the reason to break up. I thought it was a completely reasonable reason to end. (laughs) I just didn't think that it made sense to me that they would be so on board with the idea of her jumping into marriage for Mm -hmm. someone who she had been So quickly, really. And they'd been apart for, what, they said four years or something? And, of course, there is the whole aspect. I mean, granted, he gave a decent explanation for... uh, a decent, yeah, for, for why, you know, they stuck together or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're still, like, it wasn't like they had an open marriage and they were just, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, staying married. I mean, he was still cheating on her regardless of why he stayed yeah, with he, her. He yeah, he lied to his wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, so you still, uh, you know, kind of... My thing's not... Hello? 
Yeah, oh, don't worry. It, it's picking you up just fine. Okay, and stop being green down uh, there. You, your thing stop being green down there? And you think that's a bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you should be rejoicing. <laughs> so. Have you seen the new COVID tests? Uh-uh. They, they look like pregnancy tests. I mean, we, we've gotten the free ones in the mail. Yeah. Um, is that the ones you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the ones that they've, or at least it's similar to others. Um, it's that like I've before, seen. like the ones we always had, it was like, you know, you put the thing up your nose and then you put it in like the little folder thing and you fold it over. And Oh, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's yeah. the way we've always had. But these new ones are like a plastic applicator with like a plus or a minus or something like that. Well, yeah, Sherry's taken a couple of those. And I feel like, I feel like it's the same way with a pregnancy test that it's like, even though it says to wait 15 minutes, yeah. if that liquid gets past the line and it's either it's either going to be positive or negative, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's some instances where it you know the, very slowly or something. Yeah, or but I think it's almost a guarantee that if it gets past the line and mm-hmm. it hasn't shown up, then you're probably in the clear. Yeah, that, I didn't realize they were like that or that they'd changed or whatever. And so mm-hmm. I thought I walked in on my wife doing a pregnancy <laughs> test. <laughs> yeah, she'd have some explaining to do. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm glad that that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, thank God you just have COVID. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, so yeah, an, a, another, you know, kind of mediocre episode. The season mm-hmm. that I wouldn't say a lot of clunkers. I think I had one or two clunkers. I think we're just being overly critical at times, though, too. It may be. I mean, at this point, it's like the Golden Girls as a series sets a pretty high bar in a general sense. Yeah. And so now, you know, you're fighting against history a little bit, yeah. which is why I think that we need to, you know, when we when we come down to the end and determine the best ever, mm-hmm. that's why I think we have to compete, like, the best episodes of each season against each other as opposed to just the best scores because mm-hmm. we were probably a little more generous early on score-wise. Yeah. But they may not actually be superior episodes. Yeah. But you guys just have to stick around for another two and a half seasons to, to get that information. Our tastes are becoming more discerning. Yep, exactly. <laughs> we're refined. It's like a fine wine. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Before, we were just, you know, amateurs. Mm-hmm. Now we are refined amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I don't think most people listening to this would consider us anything other than amateurs. <laughs> well, I'll consider us amateurs until that first paycheck shows up. <laughs> well, then I guess you'll be considering us that to the end. <laughs> the, <laughs> the bitter, bitter end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, uh, for another week, then uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.